Charlie, the Bulldogs have got two flags now. I hate you. If you think we'll be insightful, clever or just well researched, we're here to say that's not the case. We'll just go out and wing it. We are two guys, one cup. It is a Wednesday, the 14th of June. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And I'm Charlie Clawson. And you're laughing because... There's a visual going on here that people won't be able to see, but... It... Well, you've got to imagine if a podcast was between, uh, say, Shane Mumford and Toby Green. <laughs> if Mummy had his own podcast called Mummy Mia, he had a podcast network, but it was like Shane Mumford, not uh, Mia Friedman. <laughs> and he had this rival network, Mummy Mia... And uh, he was interviewing Toby Green uh, for the podcast. Then uh, this is the dynamic today because I have, uh, I'm out for a couple of weeks with yeah. a lower back injury. Yeah. Uh, a hip related lower back injury. Uh, I think if I was an AFL player, they'd probably put me in for surgery. Are you uh, reckon? Yes. Mid season? Yeah, mid season surgery. I reckon uh, if they could get me in for some surgery, I could be back for the finals. <laughs> but because I am not, I'm just a professional podcaster. Uh, I'm just loaded up on Panadine Fort and standing up for this podcast yeah, but, and a bit delirious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I should also be standing, but I, I can't be bothered. So Will is standing over me like a prosecutor examining a witness. I'm sitting in the stand. Oh, it does feel I'm a little... I'm leaning into the microphone to give my answer. I do not recall. I mean, this does really actually feel a little like a Law and Order podcast. <laughs> like, dun dun. <laughs> in the football season, there are two separate yet equally important people: the players and the umpires who we abuse and get five thousand dollar fines for. How was that, Clarko? Did you follow that story? Cheeky, cheeky. I mean, I di- I have heard speculation that he was going for a, a John Kennedy Senior s joke, which is like, you know, I can't comment on the umpires, and now I say absolutely no comment. Not quite as sort of subtle as that. I mean, it's like somebody tried to cover Australiana, but they just didn't do the puns. They just went, oh, it's a fucking Goanna. <laughs> no, you got to hide it a bit more than that, uh, Clarko. You've kind of missed the point of the bit. But uh, he's, not, he's not, it's not the first time Clarko has done something like repeat that. Repeat offender, Charlie. Yeah. Yeah, what was the fine? Five grand. Five grand, but suspended. Uh, 15 suspended. Is that enough to deter? I mean, 15 suspended is a good one to have hanging over your head, right? Yeah. Like, they donated the $5,000 to the, um, you know, the uh, Stop MND, the Neil Danaher kind of led charity, mm. which is an amazing appeal. But then I was like, well, that's 30000 because the government were matching it dollar for dollar. I'm like, that's actually 30000 suspended for the MND people. Yeah, he should have gone harder. Right. <laughs> I mean, at least he should have used the rest of it. They should have given him the option of going, do you want to spend the other 15? Tell us what you really thought about the umpires. Put in the other 15, and then you're even. Well, he's a master, like, tactician. Maybe that was his plan all along. You reckon? I mean, that'd be a great effect. Raising money. I mean, I reckon he's smart enough to have thought of that. Wouldn't that be great for the day, though? Yeah. If that round, all fines. Great all for everyone a- but the umpires. <laughs> all AFL-related fines. No, the umpires would be in it. They'd oh, be right. like, they'd actually be doing things to piss them off yeah. to raise more money for yeah. Stop MND. In fact, instead of carrying around their little umpire book that they normally write reports in, that'd just be a receipt book. They'd be giving out receipts going, this is tax deductible. Thank you very much for calling me a white maggot. That is tax deductible. Thank you very much for saying I'm a disgraceful and corrupt. That is tax deductible. Here's your receipt. They could have one of those F-POS machines they have like in restaurants that they carry around to your table. Well, you can't use abusive language. You can't even... There's a thing called abuse, right? Or is it abusive language? Abusive, well, 
So it's just. I mean, I hope it's not abuse at all. If you don't mental abuse, they're being very (laughs) passive aggressive to me. He didn't invite me to Christmas. He invited all the other umpires. But they can pay a fifty for you swearing, right? Yes. If they swearing want. at them, I swearing think. at them. So it's got to be directed at them. It's I got think to be so. Or well, as Lee Montagna found out yeah. early in the year, <laughs> even if it's a vaguely think they hear you swearing at yeah, them. Yeah, that's right. Even if it sounds like swearing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess that that's the which thing. is when they say you're kicking to the punt road end. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's always very dicey. A lot more, fi- lot more fines at the MCG. <laughs> Glad they don't play at punt road anymore because that would be really. That's why they outlawed the drop punt. Right. <laughs> It's just got too confusing. That's, what, that's actually why Carmichael Hunt got run out of the <laughs> AFL. That's that's the truth. He, he didn't even like drugs. They were planted on him by commentators. <laughs> um, but that is a great day. Did you watch any of that day, the, the uh, Queen's birthday? Yeah, day? I watched the first half because I think we were texting halfway through because it's like uh, you were saying, are their backs against the wall? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I felt, I felt like at halftime Collingwood was so far in front. They had the game in their control, but you know. Melbourne did what Melbourne do, which is win when they shouldn't and then lose when they sh- should. No, hang on. What's the other, what's the other way around? I don't know about Melbourne. We've got Melbourne this weekend. And Big game for it's you guys scary. this week. It's been a shit week. It's been a shit fucking month for me. I'll be honest uh, with you. I didn't want to start like that. I, I, like After last time when both of our teams <laughs> and we just swore for like 15 minutes at the start, I was like, well, maybe we can start more optimistically this time. We I, could talk about a good cause and then get to... I think there's something... Because they're the they were the first two games of the round, Bulldogs and then the Saints. It really like it wasn't good for this show. Like maybe with a couple of days space between it, you know, one of us could have recovered or taken a bit more interest. But because because I was there with you on Thursday, then I had my own private fucking despair session, and then I was like, I don't care about football anymore. I would have preferred your version. You reckon? Yeah, the public shaming that I got <laughs> you on that did night. Fucking, you were look. We should explain. Like okay, we well, there. I'll run you through this. So yeah. about eight weeks ago, uh, the fine people at the Sydney Swans have said, hey, at our chairman's dinner beforehand, would you uh, go and do an interview with Adam Spencer, former number one ticket holder at the Sydney Swans and a guy I used to do breakfast radio with? Uh, Adam, could you do a five-minute Q&A with, with, with Adam? And uh, we'll give you eight tickets to the footy, you know, put you in a box, you know, free drinks, that sort of thing. Also, two tickets to the actual, you know, chairman's dinner itself. You know, you can bring a friend. So... Um, we'll tell jokes for tickets. Right. And, you know, eight weeks ago, like, you know, after we'd just beaten the Sydney Swans for the fourth time in the row, including <laughs> in the grand final, that seemed like a pretty easy gimme. Yeah, yeah. Give me those tickets. I'll take my friends to the footy and I'll have an excellent night <laughs> being in a room full of... Now, what I had not considered and I started to consider as the day got closer was <laughs> how hard it is to organise your friends. Yeah. Like, I, I actually made you do some of it. Yeah. Because I'm terrible at organising. And so then... By the day, then I'm trying to have to get tickets to people because we weren't all going at the same time. And I'm trying to, and then I couldn't even get enough people for the tickets. And I'm like, this is, essentially, I agreed to do something that is no fun for me, <laughs> right? And, but I was like, well, at least the game will go well. So I go and do the gig. And then I realize, oh, this is a tough gig, right? Because he's basically going to ask you about last year. And you're just bringing up, like, it's like. Yeah, it's like, hey, you remember when you stole my girlfriend? Yeah. What was it's that like? like? Yeah, it's like they brought in the person who like, yeah, who your girlfriend left you for. Yeah. And now they're asking questions about like, you know, their meet cute. Yeah. yeah. How did you guys get together? Was it good when you did it for the first time <laughs> in front of us? Now, could you please tell us all about it? Yeah, it was, 
I, I realized they were pretty good though because the Swans are my second team anyway because I you know live in Sydney I see a lot of Swans games and I performed when they won their premiership at, at one of their functions I like the Sydney Swans and so I was able to do enough stuff to kind of keep the crowd on side mm. uh, but there was two moments well three moments out of the dinner because you were going to come as sort of my plus one to the dinner and then it just it was Friday night everything was running a bit late and I just said you know get there whenever you get there Thursday right? night. Oh, Thursday night, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Adam's going to be there. I'll know other people there. Don't stress about getting to this dinner if you don't want to. Yeah. So the entrees were on the table when we got there, and I was a bit hungry. And uh, because I'm vegetarian, uh, they had ordered me the typical football vegetarian meal, which is an insult on a plate. <laughs> Essentially, they photocopy their bum hole, and they send that out, and they put apple on top of it or something, and go, here's your fucking meal, you vegetarian, I hate you. Uh, so what the thing that, okay. So the thing that was annoying me the most, sorry, I'm rambling. I'm on painkillers. Uh, the thing that was annoying me the most. You're doing your version of Robbo. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll get to that. And I'm standing up. So yeah. I feel like I'm doing stand up just with a really small audience. <laughs> At least I'm laughing. Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah. More than usual. Actually, <laughs> this is good. Um, so, uh, because. Because they had also served you a meal. I'm going to have to take a photo of this. Keep going, yeah. Because they had also served you a meal. Yeah. Um, on the side of the meat that was on the plate, yeah. there was also a salad, like a really delicious looking salad that was completely vegetarian that they had not served me. Like, and I was just like, well, this is adding insult to injury. You've served me like something I can't fucking eat, like apple with blue cheese fucking crumbled on it that you fucking stole off some plane and have had in the fridge at the Sydney Swans for like 12 years because no one's ever asked for a vegetarian meal. And you're like, ah, oh, it's blue cheese. Probably wasn't even blue cheese. It was probably just moldy normal cheese. I'm surprised though. Brett Kirk was a vegetarian. He's like one of their favourite sons. Oh, they probably give maybe him... when he left, he took all the tofu with him. Yeah, or maybe they just give it all to Kirky. Yeah. That's the problem, right? Kirky's in the house. He's eating all the good veggie food. Yeah. Or maybe they were just like, this guy's a Western Bulldog supporter, so fuck him. Yeah, Here's a picture of my bum hole. Yeah, that's probably what it is. It's, yeah. the, it's the Moravan equivalent of giving you the cold shower. So the bit, the salad thing that was on the side, the vegetables that was on the side of your meal that you were not going to eat because yeah. you weren't going to be there, yeah. was vegetarian and looked delicious. So I decide that I'm just going to eat that, right? Now, what I probably should have done is just put it onto my plate and <laughs> eaten it off my plate. So I kind of just leaned over and started eating off your plate. Like a kid in like juvenile detention or something like that. You know, just has got no social graces. Just starts eating off just someone else's plate. shoveling it into yeah. my mouth. Stabbing someone with your fork if they try and come close to Holding you. Holding my knife in my other hand in yeah. case anyone came nearby. <laughs> so as I look Bloody up... From- stabbed body Bobby Skilton in the buttocks. As I look up from shoveling your food into my gob hole, <laughs> I notice, I catch like, you know when you like look up and you realize someone's staring at you <laughs> yeah. and the way that you realize they're staring at you is your eyes catch theirs and then they just lock and yeah. now you're staring at them at the same time. And it's this like floor manager, the people who's sending out the waiters and they're just staring at me <laughs> like I am literally just eating off some stranger's plate. <laughs> Because they don't know the story that you're not going to be there. So it just looks like I've literally leaned over and just because someone's not there started shoveling their food into my mouth. And then to make matters worse, because maybe I'm over-exaggerating in my mind, maybe that's not what they're thinking. She comes over, grabs the plate and walks back to the kitchen with it. What, like mid-chew? 
Well, not mid-chew, because like, once I looked up, I stopped chewing oh, and right. leaned back up. But she came straight over, picked it up, and took it away. Like, that's not yours. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, Andrew Pridham, the Swans chairman, he, he makes his little speech at the start. Uh, Is he in, in relation to Matthew Pridham? Yeah, because they have almost <laughs> the same name. <laughs> Earlier in the alphabet is the older brother. In his He's family, the Pridhams. there's Pridhar, Pridid, yeah. Pridid. <laughs> It's not like you're doing Latin exercises. It's uh, it, look, it says Pridums, uh, but it's out pronounced Pridums. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he does his speech, and I've often said over the years there are like there are great places to do comedy. One's your own wedding, right? Mm-hmm. Good crowd at your own wedding, you can get good laughs. One is centre court at Wimbledon or any tennis tournament. Like the low bar that tennis fans set for like what is hilarious on court is like one of the easiest crowds in the world. Well, here's another one. Uh, being the chairman of a football club because he was dropping some stinky bombs (laughs) and people were laughing politely anyway. Like, he he obviously thought there was like, you know, because he's always making, like, Eddie Maguire and him have a thing, but he didn't really have any jokes about that. Occasionally, he'd just say, Eddie Maguire. Yeah, right. So it's like the family guy. Just he'll make the reference and that's enough. Right, yeah. Yeah. But like, and then he would just, uh, actually, much like the family guy, he would then just stand there for three minutes while you imagined there was a hilarious act out of whatever that scene was he just set up. (laughs) But we did not see that bit. We just saw the old guy doing his dad jokes. It was, he tried to get this bit going about Mike Pike, who was there. Yeah. And at halfway through it, I've turned to Tony Squires, who was at my table and gone, hang on, is this the Mike Pike roast? <laughs> Have I stumbled in on... So tell me, where, when you're going after Mark, Mike Pike, what, where do you hit? Canadian, Canadian, he loves maple syrup. He's tall. He's tall, his name rhymes. Like, there was one about his playing ability, though. There was one that was like, I was like, hang on. Are you talking about a guy who came from a completely different code and actually played at the highest level in the AFL and played some really good games? Yeah. If yeah, it was if, burn that guy. If it was a local club footy pie night, right. you can get away with getting up and call one of your players Unco, calling your Ruckman Unco. Well, that's what it sounded like the next thing he was going to say was. He was like, oh, and remember that time he fucked a pie at pie night? <laughs> we always called him Mike Pike the pie fucker. Mike Pike the fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so then we, uh, we got mo- I came to meet well, that, you guys. Yeah. So I went to the, there was the, the little bar area, which is, I guess, where they send some of their corporates or whatever. So I was waiting for you there. We oh, came in. Sorry. One more oh, thing. Yeah. There was one more thing I was going to tell you about the dinner. So while I'm doing my bit, Adam asked me about that one game I played with James Hurd, that story, you know, that story. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that story, I, I now have a new punchline to that bit. And I say, uh, and imagine out of the two of us whose career was going to be destroyed by drugs, you would have thought it would have gone the other way, right? That's yeah. it. That's the line. Gets a pretty huge laugh, I've got to be honest. Like, I was pretty happy with how it went. And then I've looked down at the uh, chief executive of the AFL, <laughs> Gillian McLaughlin, who is enjoying this joke more than he should be and realises halfway through <laughs> that he should not be enjoying that joke as publicly. And you literally see that moment where his face goes from ha 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 to, oh fuck, no one can see me laughing at this. <laughs> it was the best. Uh, yeah, so you came and met us in the bar and then... Uh, we got given some drink tokens, some Swans dollars. Swans dollars. I didn't know they had their own currency at the SCG. Yeah, that's how they pay that extra 10% to get the players <laughs> the up here. Cola. That's actually what Buddy's been paid in, in the last two years. Yeah. Swans, Swans dollars. dollars. Um, Essentially, you can use the cola to buy a cola and <laughs> some Swans dollars. I mean, it's one of those things where, and I'll, I'll, I'll post a photo of them because I still have heaps of them because we then got 
Uh, well, we'll get to that bit, but yeah. we were in this area where they'd given us some seats and then they gave us these swans dollars to, to you know, use for drinks at the bar, yeah. right? All different denominations. There was $5 swans dollars, $20 swans dollars. Like, you would have thought, like, just a bunch of, like, 20s would be good if there's a group of people. Like, little smaller denominations <laughs> made it a bit tricky. Man. Well, you know why? Because you could not get change on your swans dollars. So yeah, if something right. costs like $7, like, yeah. you know, I had to give him 10 swans dollars. Yeah, right. But that was interesting too, because obviously people are going to spend them on drinks. Right. But they were odd denominator. Like a drink's like 7 bucks 80 at the footy. So a $5 swan dollar isn't going to help you. And two $5 swan dollars isn't going to help you because you're going to lose 2 bucks 80 2 bucks 20 I, I think there's a reason that swans dollars haven't caught on <laughs> as an unofficial currency. I feel like Bitcoin's still a like, little ahead of Swan's dollar. Drink card would have made more sense, right? That's what this they is were. Good they were drink. essentially drink cards. But with but, denominational but with value. with weird denominational value. <laughs> <laughs> so it became like, you know, at the end of like, uh, what was that show? Uh, Price is Right. Yeah. Where you had to kind of add up. No, uh... Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune. So you get a certain amount of money and then you go shopping at the end. And the idea would always be, how close to the amount of money I got could you spend? That's what it was like with the Swans dollars. You had to go a little Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Um, So, but then we got an invitation from Adam Spencer. uh, And uh, the lovely John Mangos. What a charming man. John Mangos. His family apparently had cancelled on him. So he was there, had his private little box area on his own. So he welcomed us. So John Mangos, uh, I should point out, was hosting the function. Right. right. So he'd been hosting the chairman's thing that I was at. Ah, right. And I'd had a chat to him because, uh, A, he had a, a busted shoulder. He just had a shoulder operation. Yeah. But the last time that I'd really seen him properly was uh, at the grand final in 2005. Because oh, right. after I'd done the hosting for them, they'd given me some tickets. And when they won the premiership, John Mangos reached around and we gave each other a hug. <laughs> And he said that that hug was so solid, that's why he had to get a soft shoulder operation. (laughs) Well, here's what I'll say about John Mangos. After spending an evening with him, I want him to adopt me. Like, uh, by the way, wouldn't that be a show that you go and see an evening with John Mangos? hundred oh, percent. Like he's so cool and so nice and so generous. And I'm always a bit hard on Swan supporters. I'm always a bit like suspicious on when did you like jump on this bandwagon was when Plugger came or whatever. But no, he's a dyed in the wool South Melbourne supporter. Like, you know, he uh, grew up in the Western suburbs of Melbourne, I think it was, or around there. Cause he had some, he had some Footscray link, didn't he? Either mm-hmm. he's, his family played or his father played or something like that. Yeah, there was definitely a, a bulldog. But I tested him. I asked him of all like the key components in the Swans history, and he was on top of all of it. He was a really, really good guy. So he won my affection that way. But then the next... So like, he's invited us to this sort of outdoor box. Yeah, like a cordoned off kind of box Yeah, cordoned off area. With a little bar fridge in the middle. I haven't seen this no. at the football before. And so, I don't think they would trust Bulldog supporters with the bar fridge. No. Even the ones in the corporate box. Well, I reckon they'd go I reckon they'd go through a lot of bar fridges. Well, I reckon, I reckon people would be taking those bar fridges home. After, after last go. after last Thursday, I reckon they may consider letting a bunch of Bulldog supporters in there because we'd already had a couple of drinks before we got there. And when it was pointed out to us that it was a fridge full of beer that we could just help ourselves to at any time, we became like uni students at a house party. Well, the other thing was, it, well, the thing was, not, John had no one else in his box. Yeah. And he was such a gracious host that he was trying to make sure that we all had yeah. whatever it is that we wanted. Yeah. And it turns out we wanted heaps of stuff. <laughs> we did. I've, 
Like, I, I felt bad, but at the same time, I can't resist, like, free finger food and, and alcohol. And you're right. John was doling it out. He was, with one arm, yep. he was working as a waiter. He was handing around trays of food, pushing hamburgers That's on That's probably us. how he did his shoulder last week <laughs> in that same box, giving drinks to people. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was an amazing host. And like that's the problem is I'm now surrounded by like you know a Sydney Swans you know kind of people, but B I'm surrounded mm. by people who are being incredibly nice to yeah, me. Yeah, that's so, what I was going to say. Like it made the next two hours difficult yes. because they were being so nice. Right. I think in the area we were where we were doling out the Swans dollars. Yeah. I reckon that would have been a better spot. Well. They wouldn't have been so nice. <laughs> well, you, in the first 15 minutes of that game when we're in the Swans Dollar area, the Swans Dollar zone, you were being quite loud and obnoxious already. Like, you were yelling stuff out. You were drawing the attention of the people around us. But I reckon you, if we'd stayed there, we could have owned that area. Right. Like, they didn't seem to be as hardcore football fans as where we went to. That's the other thing I'll say about this John Mangos area is it's the first time I've sat with Swan supporters who feel like genuine... AFL supporters. These guys were fucking loud. They were unreasonable. Right. <laughs> they were obnoxious. They didn't mind a bit of back chat. It was great. I loved it. I think GWS is like, you know, it's it's pushed them to a new level. Yeah, they've had we've to said about get this, an edge. GWS have come into the competition with some pretty hardcore football fans. There might not be many of them, yeah. but they're loud and mighty and obnoxious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's great. You know, it's good. But there's, yeah, there was an edge of that about the Swans. It was like not only the team on the ground had come with a ferocity across the ground, but it felt like the supporters as well, had adopted that sort of... Well, you sat in the corner... The unsociable swans. You sat in the corner uh, next to the partition, so you basically had like a whole bay of swan supporters to your left. I did. And there was a bit of chat going on, wasn't there, during the game? It's fair to say. There was a bit of back and forth. (laughs) And the thing was, because it really probably went... It went pretty shit for, for the Bulldogs from the start, right? And so it was one of those nights where I could tell, oh, gee, the swans have come to play. Like, they're amazing. Like, you know, they were just on fire across the ground. Like, the ferociousness of that team was... It was the old swans, you know? Yeah. It, was, it was something to behold, and they absolutely dominated the Bulldogs from the start. And the Bulldogs never looked in it for the whole game. And so you knew it was going to be a long night. Now, what I had agreed to do before the game was at halftime be interviewed <laughs> right. on 3AW. <laughs> Uh, as part of their footy show, uh, they had uh, asked me if I would um, uh, come around at halftime and just have a chat to them at halftime of the game. And uh, uh, they, the producer said to me in the message, he said, um, I'd love, love you to do it at halftime, uh, but you're probably going to have a few beers. Uh, is that right? And I said to him, I'll probably have a couple, but I'm not looking to have a huge night. Uh, so I should be fine. And then he goes, all right, sends me the details and whatever. So as it turns out, uh, I had had a huge night. (laughs) I had had like three or four drinks at the function. And then by halftime, like with the mangos doling it out, but also my Sydney Swans dollars to stay in your pocket. Exactly. Making it rain. Making it rain Swans dollars. I think at one stage I saw you and Justin Hamilton actually making it rain Rain. with Swans dollars. That's how many Swans dollars I had. And I didn't even need to spend them because I was enjoying some mangos hospitality. (laughs) Uh, it's fair to say that I was probably eight or nine drinks in when I went to do my interview on 3AW. So I don't have a lot of uh, recollection <laughs> of uh, what went down. Here's what I will say. They posted it on their podcast, like as a separate little thing. Uh, I have not listened back to it, yeah. but it is available if people want to have a listen. I was a little bit more, I, I, I think I was still okay 
um, you know, but I must admit that I was probably a, a couple more drinks under the weather than I expected to be at that point. Uh, the result, for people who don't know, was Sydney 12 goals, 16, 88, defeated the Bulldogs, 6 goals, 6, 42. Definitely the Bulldogs' worst performance for the year, right? Uh, Bulldogs' worst performance under Luke Beveridge. Yeah. I would say. It was uncharacteristic. They yeah. looked flat. I mean... You had like you had some players putting in like a good effort. Like I thought, Bont tried really hard. Yeah, he, he was all right, but I think he's been a bit off. I thought Caleb Daniel was very yeah. good. He got smashed at one point yeah. too. He definitely uh, kept having a crack. Were- and yeah, look, I still think probably if you have to say someone at the Western Bulldogs is still playing at a consistently high level of last year's players, like Luke Dalhouse. Yeah, yeah. like to me, you know, each week you can expect him to have a really really decent crack at the footy, but. There's a lot of other people who did not turn up. You could tell the Swans enjoyed that win too. Like any opportunity to, to put you guys down, to lay a bump, to put a screen up or whatever. They were loving. They were loving the physical stuff. And it wasn't like, I mean, I never think of the Bulldogs as shirking it, but you just looked like tired. Like you looked like you just weren't up for it. Oh, look, I think, yeah, if you want to be optimistic about it, I, I feel like we needed this. Like I feel like we've been tottering around like the person who knows something's not right, but you have to have a rock bottom moment. Yeah. And that felt like a real rock bottom moment. Yeah. But it's how you respond to that rock bottom moment, I suppose, that defines the rest of the season. But yeah. but the other thing was, I get it from the Swans. Like, I mean, we've had a good record against them and we beat them in the grand final. And maybe they will f- play finals because it's such a crazy season, they still could, right? Mm-hmm. But if they don't, they're gonna. there's going to be certain games along the way that they'll want to win. And beating us... It's like certainly one of those things where you'd reckon there'd be a special place on the calendar. Yeah. Bob Murphy, the way after they went after Johannesson, like mm. was, I mean, it was inspired for them. Like really cut him out of the game and it cut a lot of the Bulldogs drive off that halfback line, yeah. particularly without Murphy and stuff. And yeah, the thing you know about that is, well, if you if you Jason Johannesson, like get you, get you're going to get used to that because they're oh, going to yeah. do that again this week. Yeah, a hundred percent. Also, can I just say, every time I get to see Buddy play live, I'm just like, I just say a little AFL prayer and go, thank God I've been alive to see this guy play. He is just incredible. Like, just so good to watch. I mean, I grew up thinking Plugger was the most imposing forward I've ever seen play the game. But what Buddy can do, it's just like, if it's on the deck, if it's in the air, you just don't know. If it's 80 metres from goal, you just don't know. I mean, look, I was embarrassed by the Bulldogs' effort, but to see a player like that, at any stage, even against your team. Like, at the end, I ran out and I tucked a couple of my Swans dollars in his in his waistband. I just said, that's for you, mate. That's for you. Spend that however you want. That's a 20 and a 5. You can get, like, two and a half drinks. <laughs> uh, so, that was about it. Oh, we did run into... Nathan. Um, Nathan, who has been doing the... The well, tips for us. The occasional tips. Yeah, well, we gave him a bit of a rocket. We gave him a bit of a serve. Cause, so Nathan, uh, who had been uh, publishing uh, the list of our tips, had been keeping track of them. Yeah. Uh, he came up and introduced himself after the game. Yeah, we were probably not in great condition. To, I uh, certainly wasn't. <laughs> I, I was walking out with some Swans dollars still in my pocket, unspent and unredeemable. I had two passes to the Bulldogs dressing room, unused. <laughs> He uh, came up and told us he enjoyed the show, and we proceeded to give him stick for not posting the tips up often enough, which yeah. he's addressed this week. Yeah, so turn, maybe turns out he had some other shit going on in his <laughs> life. <laughs> Can you believe it? And the thing that he's not actually required to do in any way by us, but does generously out of his own time, he was a little bit behind. <laughs> but anyway, if you're going to do something, do it properly, mate. Says the guys who podcast comes out sometime between Tuesday and Saturday, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, so on Friday night, uh, Adelaide just, I mean, look, fuck, 
I felt like this was coming. I was not very optimistic. I tipped the Saints, but um, game was over in the first quarter. And it's one of those games. I mean, do you watch when your team's getting pantsed and it's on TV? Will you? How will you stick it out? <sighs> no, nah, don't have to. Sometimes I won't even watch it. Like if it's a game that, like you know, say I had to give it at the same time or whatever. But don't you? So, but you'll give it at least till half time, right? Because you know there can be turnarounds and stuff. And oh, yeah, I think actually in some ways, like the one where you know that they're completely out of it. Yeah. That's almost okay to watch because you can actually start concentrating on. Okay, well, what do we do defensively? What are we doing here? So watch a few like players, see how they're developing. Yeah, it's like one of those things where like somebody's like being given a week to live. Yeah, you're like, I've, okay, I've I've done my grieving. I've reconciled myself <laughs> to the fact that they're dead. Now, now I'm gonna make I can, the most of now what's I can there. just enjoy the moments. <laughs> yeah, try to have some moments and some optimism in between. Ah, uh, fuck, I don't know. I've done a lot of soul searching. Will. Um, this is our third thumping by around about 50 points in a row. So our percentage is shot now. Five and seven. We may not make finals. But then I was thinking about... Well, you may not make finals. Yeah, but you've got to see... Look, I know you're talking about <laughs> once you've had the flag, it makes it harder to be then shit the next year. Didn't fucking Hawthorne win in 2009 and then barely make finals? Uh, 2008 and then barely make finals in 2009? Don't think they, I think they missed the finals. Yeah, and then went on to have a dynasty. So don't worry about it. You've got a flag... There may be more coming. I have nothing to hang my hat on. I have The only thing I can hang my hat on is the discussion we had earlier in the year where I told you about that article I read right. that talked about... The, you need the plateau season. The plateau season. And we're in transition. Like We've got to decide what we're doing with a couple of senior players. We've still got to get in that high-priced midfielder. So maybe this is just a season where we, we find out where we're at and we realise we need to do a lot more work. But... Oh, God, does that mean I have to watch 12 more games of this shit? Yeah, I mean, I guess it is one of those things that, you know, uh, it's hard to go through, isn't it? It's, it's just hard to go through. But it's also stupid because, like, I listen to all the footy podcasts and stuff, and I know for a fact that all it takes is us to win convincingly on Friday, and all the chat changes. Oh, you'll be back. We're back. You know what I mean? Like Geelong lost three in a row and everyone's like, oh, they're no good. Now they're going to be top four. So I don't know why. in round two when Gary Ablett was no good. <laughs> oh, fucking Remember hell. Remember that Gary on Brownlow night? who may win another Brownlow. Gary Ablett, who's definitely got to be in the All-Australian team at this stage. Remember ninth, how he was no good in ninth, round two? Ninth All-Australian. Is he officially better than his father? Yes. I've thought that for a Less couple of dynamic. Years. Less dynamic. If you're just playing for one day, if you're playing for one day and you have to pick one player, you pick his dad. If you're playing for one season, yeah. you pick Gary Abelard Jr. He's more reliable and more consistent. A, you're taking a, a gamble when you pick Gary Sr. Yeah, but if you're if like... that well, one day, he's had a big night. Well, I mean, it could go two ways. <laughs> you wouldn't take Gary now. No. Gary in his prime. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. And I watched that game, the, the Hawks-Suns game, and uh, he looks amazing. Like, he's just yeah. got... He's just back. Like, he's just... He, I don't know if there's a a better reader of the play when it comes to like midfield. If you just watch the way he skirts around a pack, he just seems to know where the ball's going to go, where to, where it's going to get dished to, even when they don't have it. He's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gary Ablett, he's really good. Yeah. We can't, we don't, I suppose we, we can talk about Gold Coast some more. We should probably wrap up Adelaide St. Kilda and just say... Should we? Is there nothing else out of that game that we need to... Adelaide St. Kilda. ...talk about? Was well, there anything... that's what I'm going to say. Like, yeah. It doesn't really tell us much more about Adelaide. It tells us a bit more about St. Kilda, I yeah. think. Like, 
Adelaide were expected to win, and they did. They took their foot way off the pedal. I mean, it says they can win with it when, uh, like, this whole kind of thing with them is like if you tag Sloan, mm. uh, then the whole team can't play well. Well, yeah. they kind of proved that you can tag Sloan because he still kind of got tagged out of it. But um, you know what St Kilda is this year? Where the what do you keep with the racehorse? A goat, right? Yeah. Yeah, where the goat you keep around <laughs> because we've played the Swans back into form, played the Bulldogs back into form, played Adelaide back into form. Next year, everyone will be like, yeah, we want three uh, preseason cup matches <laughs> uh, all against the Kilda. <laughs> we good? Uh, they, Josh Jenkins played pretty good. Yeah. For, I mean, that's 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 the story of our year, is that player who's been derided the entire season, they play us, and that's when they decide to fucking find some form. Well, Josh Jenkins, he's their cosy. We yeah. were talking about this last week. Like, better than a cosy, is uh, Who knows yet? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's the weird because injury also, has put the cosy in your head. Yeah, but also the fact that he like he gets a lot of his... And nothing wrong with this because he's kicking lots of goals, but he gets a lot of over-the-backs and you know running off, like not having to be the man, you know, guys. And that's all a cosy needs to be. Yeah. It's your second banana. It's your Peter Hellier. So at the end of the year, right, if Kurt Tippett... <laughs> if you had to choose... I know that uh, 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 Jenkins is... is contracted but if you had to pick between Tippett and Jenkins you go Jenkins easily yeah yeah yes yes yeah I think because Tippett almost needs to be the man and he's he doesn't play as well like not being the man I don't think yeah I mean I would we were talking about this at uh, the game on Thursday but it's kind of Tippett almost got out at the right in terms of like making money Mm. like he got out at the right time when Tex Walker was about to step in and then got to Sydney, and then a year later they get Buddy. It's like, well, chances are, like, he wasn't going to be their first option forward anyway. He might as well take that huge paycheck. Right. Yeah. He's the smartest cosy there is. Yeah, he's like he's like the uh, you know a, a really amazing investor. Yeah. Like he's a guy who just knows the when to like sell at the peak each time yeah. and move to somewhere else. He retired at twenty five. You mean he stopped yeah. playing? No, he just retired at twenty five. <laughs> he's minted. Hasn't worked a day in his life. Uh, back to Hawthorne and Gold Coast. Uh, oh, so the scoreline with St Kilda was uh, Adelaide, 16 goals, 15, 111, defeated St Kilda, 7-12, 54. Uh, the Hawthorne uh, Suns scoreline was the Suns, 13, 17, 95. Shit, I didn't realise they kicked that many points. Defeated the Hawks, 12, 7, 79. Now, I watched that game and it looked for a second. Did you see it? Yep. It looked for a second like the Hawks were going to steal it, didn't it? It did. In that last quarter? I mean, Gold Coast don't bring it consistently. When they're playing well, they look fantastic, but they can suddenly just go out of games. Flaky. And there's something I've noticed when watching that game. There's one Hawthorne player who, for me, kind of like I watch him and he's their barometer as far and it's Isaac Smith. And there's something, because he has a real, I mean, we've talked about this, that cavalier, devil may care, like, he could be a three musketeer with right. a little beard and stuff, right? Like, he's got this kind of arrogance. You know, if, if he was a wrestler, he'd be Rick Martel. <laughs> Just a sweater knotted around his shoulders, puffing a perfume into the air. But in that last quarter, he was the guy... Who, it feels like he's, uh, you know, uh, Inigo Montoya from The Princess Bride. <laughs> uh, like, it'd be great. Like, I am I'm, not a left footer. <laughs> yeah, grand final day. <laughs> Switches over to the other foot. Dodges around. My name is Isaac Smith. You sacked my coach. Prepared to die. Uh, yeah, he was getting around and and you could you could see that he... All of a sudden, his Hawthorne instinct kicked in. He's like, oh, that's right. Right. We're fucking awesome. Like, we beat teams no matter when the odds are against us. And I was like, oh, shit, here it comes. But no. Suns, hmm, don't know. 
the, play, the couple of ga- the last couple of games, I'm like, I don't know. They could still the play finals. Hundred percent. I don't know how I feel about them, like what they'll do. But what happens if they make the finals but bottom half of the eight? Does Eads keep his job? Well, yeah. I What's a pass mark for him? Finals. Okay. I reckon he'll keep his job if it they would make be finals. pretty gutsy. Because it would be their first finals appearance, right? It would be very gutsy to sack the coach who got you into your first finals appearance. It's also a lot of pressure on whoever goes in for that job. Clarko. (laughs) Well, okay. Maybe not for Clarko. But for anybody else, if you haven't got Clarko... I mean, if you've got Clarko, it doesn't matter if they win the fucking premiership. Sack Rodney Ede. Well, they can't... I think the next person... If they do sack Rodney Ede, I don't think they can go with like a Chris Fagan type or a Brendan Bolton. I think they still have to get like a marquee... Kind of name, but so who, who is, is that? that? Yeah, James Hurd. <laughs> James Hurd would go perfectly at the Gold Coast, right? That skin tanning injection, get up there, sell his chocolates, blonde hair, go down Cavill Avenue, get a little pop up shop where he could sell his chockies. Yeah, definitely. Do you think Hurd would ever coach again? If they rolled the dice on the Gold Coast, <laughs> the place that's notorious for bikers and drugs and the un- shady underworld, yeah, no, that feels like a real good match. Uh, the next game on Saturday was the Brisbane Lions in an upset. Did I tip this? I feel like I did. No, you tipped uh, the other upset of oh, the weekend. Right, yeah. uh, in fact, uh, Charlie, this may be the, I think I'm going to call it the best weekend for two guys, one cup, lock of the weeks of all time. Because uh, not only did I pick Brisbane to win this game, oh, you picked Brisbane. but this was my <laughs> lock of the week. So both our locks of the week got up. Yeah, that has to against be. Against the odds. Yeah, against. <laughs> Scots. Brisbane Lions, they were, they're amazing. 18 goals, 13, 121. Defeated a sh- really insipid Frio. Nine goals, 10, 64. Sorry, I'm, I'm pausing because I'm trying to read Will's computer. It's miles away. Um, and, and Charlie's reading the scores today because I'm standing yeah. up. So for me, it's even more miles away. <laughs> I do not have cords appropriate for what we're doing. What do you, what's going on with Nat Fife? Broken leg, bad team around him. He's averaging 25 possessions a week. Helicopter lessons taking up too much time. He's certainly not. Um, he's not playing as well as he was, but he's coming back from like you a know, broken leg. A broken leg, and it's. I just think at the moment he's getting twenty five a week. Yes, he doesn't seem to be like running at that sort of explosive, dynamic sort of way that he has. He did. There was one contest. Did you see that mark attempt he flew for, which yeah. is like the fife of old? If he'd taken that. That could have been that could have challenged Jeremy Howe. It just feels to me like he's not that far away. He's not in that elite group of players in the AFL at the moment. Well, maybe he's trying to see off suitors. If he just has like an average twenty-five possession year, maybe the people stop knocking on the door. He won't get tempted. Well, hang on. So, uh, so he's like a guy who like gets rid of his computer so he won't look at porn. Yeah, exactly. He knows if he's got a computer <laughs> that he's going to look at it. Those but as long as fuck, I'll, next time I go to someone's house and I've got, hey, you've got no computers. <laughs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> I didn't know that was a thing. Well, it's like a guy who's like, oh, I don't want these termites in my house, so I'm going to burn down the oh, house. Oh, no, it's more like a guy, you know, who's engaged yeah. and he doesn't want to go out with the boys on a Saturday night because he might get into trouble. So he's like, no, I'm just going to stay home. I'm just going to, like, you know, keep a low profile. No, but in your analogy, he's not keeping a low profile. He's like, you know, actually, you know, he's, he suddenly he's like, I'm not using, like, deodorant. <laughs> or he's you know, dropping farts or whatever because he's trying to make himself less attractive. Yeah, good He's just point. saying to people, hey, do you know that I... Do I remind you of anyone from Avatar? Like, just bring it up all the time. You're like, my, my ear's too big. You know, there's a lot of rumours about me being unpopular with others. Like, like, he, uh, he, wasn't the, the, he wasn't the problem. I mean, that, they just looked dysfunctional. It's funny. 
Hot Frio Bulldogs and St Kilda this round have all looked tired, just yep. like sluggish and tired. I don't know. It's weird. We came off the bye. Did you come we off the bye? We came off the bye. Killer bye. The two-week bye. Yeah. Yeah, the notorious two-week bye. Yeah, it was... But Brisbane were good, man. They got they some were great. fucking great young the players, The great Danes. The two Danes. Yeah, yeah. Dane Zorko and uh, Dane Beams. Uh, Zorko having... An amazing season. And that first half of football... Rockliffe and Zorko have got similar kind of haircuts. It's that kind of biker shaved on top, a little bit of a rat's tail at the back. Yeah, there's a little bit of... And, you know, obviously with Dane Beams, I mean, your captain's got a Y in Dane. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Like, you, there's a certain vibe to the club. <laughs> and I like it. Yeah, me too. But they they actually, with hipwood and stuff, they, yeah. they look like they've got little, just little green shoots all over the ground, don't they? Just in every kind of line. There's a player who maybe in two to three years could be really good. Well, Hipwood at the moment, though, looks like a baby giraffe. Yeah, he does. Like, at some, like you're like, oh, that would have been a really good mark if you'd been anywhere near the ball all the time the ball was going over your head <laughs> when you jump for it. <laughs> like he's, he's, uh, he's got a bit of that Joe Danaher, doesn't he? Yeah. I mean, a couple of years. I mean, has he got a small head? No, it's in a proportion at the moment. I would say it's in proportion, yeah. And by the way, I know noticed we got some mail from people who said we're being a bit biased talking about players with small heads. Oh. We should talk about players with big heads big as heads. well. Yeah. And they put forward Daniel Rich. And Daniel Patrick Rich Danger, does have an oversized... And Patrick Dangerfield. Oh, yeah, Danger does have an no, oversized they, head, doesn't I, he? Because I went straight away and looked nah, at... Nah, it's a bit... Yeah, I reckon it's a bit oversized. It's wide. Yeah, it's wide. But is it Well, big? it's not big, but it's wide. He yeah. has a wide face. Whereas Daniel Rich's head looks like an Easter Island statue. It, yeah. do, it sort of does. There's no separation between his head and his shoulders. It's like... There's well, one he looks block. like an old school comic book. Yeah. Like, like He-Man's brother or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He-Man's brother. Ho-Man. On Saturday night, fucking Port Adelaide, just when we were talking you up and saying you could finish top four, got done by... Well, it did say, we actually said this is the kind of tester. We'll believe in Port Adelaide if they win this game. So I guess it, we just don't quite believe in Port Adelaide. Essendon ran rampant, 19 goals, 17, 131 to Port Adelaide's 8 goals, 13, 61. Um, fucking hell, that was, a, that was a chance gone begging for Port Adelaide, don't you reckon? Well, yes. Yeah, they definitely had a shocker. There's no doubt about that. But <sighs> Bombers were good, man. Like, they are a good, good football team. Mm. Like, you know, again, I mean, I say this every week, but McDonald, Tip and Woody yeah. is like, he just gets better and better every week. That's why you say it. And Merritt is an absolute jet. And, like, Heppel's now really starting Joe's to play. Joe's kicking straight. Oh, man, Danaher. And, I mean... Hooker played well, kicked five goals, but Danaher looked amazing again. You're just like, every time you see him play now, you're just like, whoa. Would he ever, could you ever conceive of a, a time where Joe Danaher would leave Essendon with that name? Maybe if he the changed Swans, his name. Or if he went to the Swans. He goes, like, I'm going to change my, maybe he does a deal. Maybe he does a deal where he like. Joe Whiskers. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. He changes his name by deed poll as part of the deal. Yeah, I guess so. It just, I feel like. Everything about him to me reeks of he's like he's like the perfect reboot where there's enough that reminds you about the original, but there's all this new stuff as well. Like it, there's just something in the same way that Jack Silvani, you know, has got that name and it just plays like his dad and yeah. it sort of brings back all those good memories. But new, I get that with Joe Danaher. It's just like I feel like he's ingrained. It's, I feel like that club built him. If it turned out that like weird science style, 
James Heard and Paul Little had sat around with, you know, like footy shorts on their heads, you know, a footy record and had, had built their perfect Essendon footballer. From By the, the way, up. would not surprise me. <laughs> In fact, it explains why they went so hard on the whole, like, off drug thing. Because, like, as long as they didn't work out an actual one that we were working on, which was making the perfect footballer. <laughs> but he just has that. You know, like if it was St Kilda, it would be like you know, a, a Trevor Barker clone. Like there's just certain players who sum up your club. And I think Joe has that. Well, could he, I mean, obviously, yeah, the Sydney connection through Anthony yeah. playing at the, at the Swans. And, 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 and Melbourne, Melbourne with Neil, Neil coaching at Melbourne. Yeah. You know, you could see a couple of clubs where you could at least, I guess, make the argument that he could go to. But no, I mean, why would Essendon let him go? I guess it's hard. Like if you carry that name, if I mean... Gary Ablett went to the Suns. There's probably no more famous a Geelong name than Ablett. So I guess anything's possible if the money's good enough. Yeah, it's a good point, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you would he never... doesn't strike you as that type, though, does he? That's the other thing about him. I mean, who does? Nah, but... I think my money's not his motivator, no. right? I mean, is that crazy to say? But it feels like it, right? Well, that's the, what is so nice about the way that he seems to play. He seems to play still a bit like a kid. Yes. But he's now actually playing at the level of skill of like, you know, a fully grown AFL player, but he still has a bit of that enthusiasm. Yeah, you don't see any aggro from Joe, do you? No. Like for a power forward, he's not like throwing his weight around. Even when he is in like push and shoves, he seems to be laughing. Yeah. (laughs) He's the happiest guy on the planet. How good's Yeah, It's just like, like, you know, um, I don't know if you watched uh, Big, uh, no, what was it called? Uh, The Bachelor. Uh, that guy Richie, you know, he was the bachelor. No, never... He was in one series and he came like runner up right. and then he like and he was from Western Australia and but his main catchphrase was like whatever date they went on or whatever they think they he'd just go, Oh, how good's this? <laughs> That's what it feels like when Joe plays footy. Yeah, he's like a Labrador. He's like, How good's this? Yeah, just running around, bounding up to people, jumping for balls, yeah, even, chasing. If, if you if you actually read his lips during like jumper punch situations <laughs> where someone else is grabbing him, he's just going, How good's footy? Look at this. <laughs> We're playing footy. This is so much fun. This is great. You're the best. This is so much fun. Anyway, I gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta go and mark a ball. Gotta go and chase a ball. Gotta go and mark a ball. This is so good. So how amazing is that from where that club was two years ago to this point? All the optimism, all the great players have seemed to have blooded. Like even that year where that's where they found Tipamorty. You know? It's, oh, well that's the can't really have asked for a better comeback year. In some ways, uh, and again, like it's it's been a terrible stain on their history and will continue to be so. But if you're just an Essendon fan now, taking that out of the out of the situation, mm. like you know that's done now, can't yeah. do anything about that. That's already happened. You couldn't be happier about where you are now in relation to that. Like Carlton, after they lost those draft picks, remember they were just shit forever. Essendon, they're like, you know, a year mm. and a half back in. You had that year where you got games into McDonald Tip and Body, you got games into Merritt. Mm. You know, there's a few other guys as well. You've got McGrath, who you got as your number one draft pick, who, you know, is a ready made footballer. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to like about that football team. Yeah, I, 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 I dare say if they achieve the ultimate success in the next two or three years, a lot of those discussions from two years ago will come back hard and strong from opposition supporters. I know there's not, been... not Not as in speculation they're back on the drugs, but I'm just saying like we won't let them forget in the same way we don't let Carlton forget that they're cheats. Oh, absolutely. And I, I know, I've noticed there's already a bit of speculation around the, the salary cap stuff. You know, because there, there seems to be all these like big numbers that are coming out of Essendon of what they could play players. And the whole thing is because they've had to give payouts to all these players. And a lot of their current day players got like massive hundreds of thousand dollar payouts over the drugs thing. 
and there's been a bit. I've certainly heard a few whispers. Oh, really? Yeah, around the idea of going. Well, it's weird that Heppel would uh, sign for that much, but I guess if you're paying him like a million dollars for a, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that a whisper from the west of Melbourne? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, whispers out of the from west. the northwest of Melbourne. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the other thing out of this game was that we probably should just talk about is the, the booing of Paddy Ryder. Did yeah, you? what the fuck was up with that? Yeah, stop that. I know I've heard from Essendon fans that they think that he used the whole thing as an excuse to leave and blah, 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 or whatever. But with what your club put these young men through and the possibility that they don't know what it was, yeah. then you don't have anyone who just got out during that time or anyone, just let it be. Don't boo them. Yeah, he's having a brilliant season now. He served his time as well. I think that's one of the that's one of the that's one of the times as a football supporter, you're just like, you know what? <laughs> Let's just wipe our hands with this and move on. Pretend yep. that little chapter never happened. Like, don't start. People in glass houses should not start throwing stones. And yeah, you, it's like a somebody uh, having in their inner. It's like that episode of Friends. We're on a break. Yeah, we were on a break. That's the break period. Yeah, we consider everything that happened in there. It, it and I don't that. remember Paddy Ryder coming out hard in the press or anything, and actually like going on the offensive, saying you know uh, what the club. I mean, Jake Carlisle was filmed on the side of the ground saying this club is fucked. This club is fucked. Yeah, but he couldn't him. get any good cocaine there. Yeah. So it's like, well, he was on the sideline looking at that line, going, "Oh wait, <laughs> it's not the right one." That doesn't look suspicious enough to me. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I thought that was weird. I mean. I am all for a bit of banter to football, but it's this weird thing where people... There's Apparently, the wider footy public says you can't have shades of grey with this booing thing, and I'm oh, like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> like, of course you can. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's not like one size fits all. No, boo is such a, a, a multi-purpose word. Mm. Ghosts use it. <laughs> Do you mean? Like, Jim Jess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he uses it. You know, but like, you know, people will use it to refer to their partner. He's my boo, right? <laughs> It is a Betty Boo. Yeah, okay. There's a lot of boos. Right, move up. My wrap, point wrap, is, wrap, wrap I've got No, don't. Boo diddly. Oh, fuck off. Boobs. Anyway, there's a lot of great ones. Uh, we'll move on to the next Booney. big upset of the round, which was uh, Carlton. Boomerang. The Mighty Blues, 10-11-71, defeated GWS, 9-16-70. I picked this. Yes. I don't know why I picked this. Your lock of the week. My lock of the week, and they it went down to the wire. It was actually a pretty good game to watch. Like for a game I loved it. I thought that this was, was low uh, scoring. Again, this is like, if, Carl, if any team has a brand, I think Carlton probably has a brand this season, which is, you know they're going to have a real crack at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And they've definitely got a system they're trying to play to. And yeah. if you're a Carlton fan, there's just got to be a lot of optimism around that team. And uh, it was a bit of a retro game for Two Guys, One Cup, as we saw the Casbold effect. Uh-huh. I mean, it wasn't old school Casbold. It was no. a fairly it was a fairly understandable miss, you know. Three minutes to go, 40 metres out on a slight angle. But you saw the video of Bolton in the box he couldn't even watch. It was fantastic. It's great to know a senior coach behaves like me when I'm in my living room on a Friday night and fucking Paddy McCartan's lining up for goal. I can't watch. I can't watch. Oh, he's exactly the same. Uh, Brendan Bolton's like every fan. He's basically like, I can't go to the toilet. We've scored two goals in a row. <laughs> Obviously, can only score goals when I'm sitting down here. No, no, don't talk to me Watch right one now. of his assistants out of the box because he was out of the room when the last uh, yeah. goal was scored. You stay out there. You stay <laughs> out there. It's whatever's happening. It's working. Yeah, just no one move. No one move right now. Now, there's been a bit of speculation that maybe Brendan Bolton should be coach of the year. Yeah. Come on. 
Like, it's great, and I'm happy for them, and everything's going really well. But Coach of the Year, maybe Carlton are better than we all thought. Uh, I mean, who knows if he's going to be Coach of the Year. Like, he's not. They've got to win a few more games like they have to be considered for that, I would have thought. But we, no what, Coach of the Year has ever had a team finish outside the top four. Is that true? No, I'm making that I was about, <laughs> yeah, I bet that's not true. I bet you I is. bet you'd be I, surprised. At how many of the teams, like the coaches of the year, have not necessarily... Because it was a period, right? Because hasn't Alistair Clarkson never been coach of the year? Despite the fact that they won four premierships under him? I'm not arguing that maybe the premiership coach isn't coach of the year. But I reckon sometimes... Like, I reckon like the first year that Port made the finals, Ken Hinckley won it. Oh, well, I guess they made finals, but... Okay, here we go. All right. Let's have a look. Let's find out. Let's actually get some facts on this <laughs> po- football podcast. Okay. Uh, it's the champ player, Gary Ayres Award. The other thing I would say is, um, you know, it's some of those Carlton players, like Matthew Cruiser, isn't it great to see him, like, finally be able to be fit and play a whole bunch of games? Yeah. And you always knew, and there's been glimpses, there's been definitely glimpses over the years of how good a footballer he is or he can be, but it's so good to I see him. I thought his career was over, right. like, four years ago. Felt like that, didn't well, it? Yeah, it felt like it was just a blundered number one draft pick. But now you feel like he could play at this level for like... Come on, Paddy McCartan. Yeah. <laughs> Only nine years later. Okay. Uh, there were the first uh, Coaches uh, Award winner was Paul Ruse in 2003. Okay. Uh, where did they finish in 2003? I think they were there about... They were, they were playing finals 2003. Well, you're going to have to get two things up. You're going to have to get the AFL... Uh, or do they list the positions in finals? No, they don't, do they? They do, see, they do season by season. Season by season. That's what we need to know. We need the season by season ladders okay. so we can compare them across... Uh, right. Well, I've had to open a second window. Uh, 2003, Paul Ruse was coach of the year and the Swans finished uh, fifth. Yes, oh, and a fourth that year. Oh, okay. So it does not... Okay, it doesn't prove your point. You said Two, top four. 2004, Mark yeah. Williams and Port Adelaide finished top of the ladder. Okay, all right. Uh, 2005, Neil Craig, Adelaide finished top of the ladder. Okay, all right. Uh, 2006 is West Coast and John Worsfold, Coach of the Year. Uh, now, we know what happens in 2007, 2000. Uh, it's uh, Geelong and... Hawthorne, Mark yes. Thompson was coach of the year, so first and second. Uh-huh. 2009, St Kilda finished top of the ladder, Ross Lyon. 2010, uh-huh. McMulthouse, John Worsfold in 2011 for the West Coast Eagles. Hmm, who finished? That was Collingwood finished top of the ladder. Where did West Coast finish? Uh, West Coast finished fourth. Ah! So my theory is... Uh, right. Then, I, okay, so we've got John Longmire, 2012, their premiership year. Yeah. Ken Hinkley, 2013. They finished top four, didn't they? Tell me. Look. Look where they finished in 2013. Come on, Ken Hinkley. Come on, Ken Hinkley. Come on, Ken Hinkley. They finished eighth. Yes! <laughs> Kenny! Yes, you can. <laughs> uh, so he bucked the trend. John Longmire in 2014. Where did the Swans Hawthorne, finish in 2014? I think they finished... Uh, Swans finished... First. Okay. So generally first. It's the team that comes first. And then Bevo the last two years. Okay. The last two years. Yeah. I don't think Brendan Bolton is going to win coach the year. The Bulldogs technically finished seventh last year. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. That's probably why you had an instinct that that the person finishes outside the top four. But I don't think. I mean, if they get to the finals, maybe? Yeah, you'd have to get in the finals. Because Bevo, though, both of those years, like the first year, we only we lost in the first final. And then yeah. last year, obviously, we won the premiership. But that's 
That's two years for Bevo. No Clarko. Clarko hasn't got a gong, no. All right. Well, if they get into the finals, if they finish as high as seventh, well, Kennickley got it from eighth. Seventh or eighth, all right. If Carlton get into the finals, Brendan Bolton is coach of the year. There you go. Is that your... And that's my lock of the week. (laughs) Uh, What do you think about GWS? Are you suspect? No. No. No, I think they're still flag favourites. That's what I would say. I think. I mean, pre- they had opportunities, didn't they? Yeah, they could have won that. And it's you know good what? to see Toby Green fuck up, isn't it? It's oh, nice. But it just felt like that's very emblemic of their entire day, which was they had better players, but they just none of them quite had their best day. And mm. they, you know, they've got a lot of injuries. They played at a really high level against some really good teams. You know, it's one of those seasons where you're going to lose one. That's the one to lose. Yeah, you, like it doesn't hurt you. And and the you know, and the Blues have been something of no pun intended giant killers this right. year. They that's why I think I tipped them. Is I feel like oh they're a good upset team. They they're almost better to pick them when the odds are completely against them because that's probably when they're likely to win. They are David. Yes. Yeah. Right. Can beat Goliath, but could never beat David's brother, who was actually the better gunslinger of the two of them. Not gunslinger, <laughs> rock slinger. <laughs> Out of the family? Sounds like a vaguely racist insult, you rock slinger. Like the rock slinger, you dirty rock, <laughs> rock slinger. Can't say that in the AFL anymore. Political correctness on that. <laughs> uh, and then on to Queen's birthday, um, uh, which is not is actually not the Queen's birthday. In Australia, we uh, celebrate the Queen's birthday long weekend, not on the Queen's birthday. And no. we like to play football. Yeah, but we can't change the date of Australia Day. No. No. We can celebrate the Queen's birthday. We have a day off yeah. on a day that isn't even the fucking Queen's birthday, and she's never here. But we can't change the date of Australia Day because it disrespects our Indigenous people. Uh, no, no, it all Bri- makes sense, Briggs, guys. we've got an idea for a, a, a new single for you. Yeah, exactly. Queen's birthday. Got it, change got it. the date. <laughs> uh, guys, it's a little insensitive. Why? This is our covers band, AB Unoriginal. <laughs> Ah, take the rest of the week off, Just the two of us in blackface and Briggs on the side of the stage going, you guys don't get this. You really don't get this. I know you're trying to help, but you do not get this. Uh, What a great game. What a fantastic game. What a fantastic day. Did you watch the whole rigmarole? Did you watch the the athletes going down the slide? I saw a couple. I was working at the time, so I glimpsed Steve Winnegetti, who they... Uh, they repeatedly referred to as the skinniest uh, participant in the day, which I felt was kind of unnecessary. I mean, but I think it's because he's in the skin-tight onesie. He, I mean, he is a skinny guy. And I guess because it's the cold, like the less fat you have on you, the more likely you are to feel the ice. I think that's what they were doing. Right. It wasn't just a case of well, like, their Italian grandmothers. Like, you're too skinny. You need to eat. I think if they'd gone the other way, though, they would have got themselves in trouble. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? style. Like, I'd just be like, oh, no, no. They wouldn't even feel the ice. I mean, all the ice will probably just come out of it because they're so fat. <laughs> He's probably jumping in there because he thinks it's a giant slurpee. Oh, it's bloody reverse fatism, mate. That's what it is. Uh, no, but I did hear a bit of commentary saying that there's maybe some things to be done to improve the uh, the event. Uh-huh. Maybe less ad breaks for a start. Yeah, they like... didn't. It was one of those things where the momentum of the like celebrities sliding down the race. There's a lot of padding. Yeah, involved. It should be done like the um, like uh, at Moomba. The what's it? The, the Birdman Rally. The Birdman Rally. Yeah. yeah, that's how you should do it. In fact, that's what they should change it to. In, in the Yarra. For celebrities. <laughs> yeah. No, they still have the like the ice. So you have this bucket. Yeah, of but ice. fill the Yarra with ice is what I'm saying. I mean, do it outside the. No, you've got to do it inside the ground. Yeah, right. So I... Or a slide from the top of the MCG down to the Yarra. 
<laughs> that's filled with ice. How much is this going to cost, Charlie? Eight billion dollars. What we do is we freeze the celebrities in ice, <laughs> like carbonite. Have you guys seen uh, Return of the Jedi? So uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's just a great fundraising day. The fact that they raised four million, four and a half million dollars. Would you like to see a longer um, slide? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we all of course. <laughs> like, and I, I mean, they do get hammered a bit. I'm surprised. Like those toboggans, they're not up to spec. I don't know. I mean, maybe when Port Adelaide were in China, they brought a bunch of them back through customs or whatever. But they are not good. For riding down a slide on. I'm going to say the toboggan's the problem. Yes. I'm, I reckon you need gonna, a rubber mat. Well, like a, if Wet n Wild taught us anything. This is what I'm saying. Like, it's not like people can't slide that far. Wet n Wild have had that technology for years. <laughs> you get the Wet n Wild experts in, right? You get like a, a more elaborate slide. But fuck off. The, you don't even need a mat. No. You just like need something that's... Oh, like, like a, just a better slide. That with, you can slide in, Like right? with water like rushing down it. Like yeah, a, totally. Like a, right? Why don't we get the guys... Into with, the ice bar. Gold Coast must have some ins with Wet n Wild. <laughs> right, surely. Can we get Gold Coast? Tony Cochran, get him on the phone, ranting his crazy shit. Tony Cochran probably owns Wet n Wild. <laughs> it used to be Wet and Normal until he got involved. <laughs> right? I so love- you get like the slide technology. Yeah. Like a little bit of water, but you can ice up the water as well. Like, so it's ice yeah. cold water that you have to get into at the top, but you're going down into a, like a an ice bath at the bottom, right? Yeah. You get more loops and sort of that sort yeah, of shit. Yeah, yeah. Because well, you can certainly do that and you make it all clear. You make yeah. it all clear perspex and you put a GoPro on their fucking like, yeah. helmet or whatever. So you see from their view yeah. and you also get the, like, the camera view from like us all seeing them actually do that. Yeah. Then they go into the ice water. And without the toboggan, what you can do is you can angle it up a bit at the bottom. Shoot so it's a up. little ramp and you kind of shoot them out at speed and into the air. Yeah, That's nah, what you've got to do. I'm for, I just love that the most uh, in-depth analysis we've had on this show was not about football, but about the water slide. Yeah, and then you can have more elaborate costumes, though. Yeah. Like, you know. Birdman rally style. Yeah, Birdman rally style. Yeah. Yeah. I I do think that you've got to bring a bit of Birdman. You've got to get the people from Went Wild in a room with the people from Birdman. Oh, no. They're mortal enemies. (laughs) (laughs) Did you not know? They're from two different worlds, Will. One born of the air, others (laughs) born in water. (laughs) We've got to make it. It's like, I've got got a great idea for an underworld sequel. The Birdman rally people preying on the people from wet and wild it's a centuries old war in a post-apocalyptic world only two groups of people have survived <laughs> the contestants the clan the bird bird it's like a fury road style thing there's like a citadel with all birdman oh, people the bird clan rally uh but the day itself uh, the game itself, I should say, yeah. was a real cracker. And let's Fantastic. talk about fucking Jeremy Howe for a second here. Like, I saw that and I actually, I, I, I had to rewind and watch it again because I, I felt like I wasn't, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. That is one of the best floaters. Like, I don't know if it's the greatest mark of all time or the highest, but the float he gets, because they always talk about the pump, the you know, the double lift you get. He got the double lift. And then he just stayed, like, hung in the air. Like, literally just floated. It was amazing. Oh, it's not his fault. You shouldn't mark the mark down because he jumped so high that he did not need to be that high. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he essentially, you know, that sort of thing where, like, in your bedroom, if you have to change a light or something, you go, well, if I stand on this, like, chair and I, like, reach out, I can touch, I'll get high enough to just do it. Yeah. Or I can get the ladder out, and then I have unnecessary height. I have all this extra height that I don't really need, but I can change it at a more comfortable. That's what he was like. 
he got that little extra ride that he didn't know he was going to get. He calculated his jump. He was ready to take it at peak, which would, made him, would have made it look spectacular. But instead, he was just so high that he grabbed it at waist height, which just, I think, takes that tiny little bit away from the, the, full, exten- the full extension. seen a guy get a better ride. It's amazing. And to me, the greatest mark of all time in my mind is Sean Smith the one he took up at the Gabba, yeah. where he's literally standing upright on the dude's shoulders when he takes the takes the mark. But that one for pure fucking Jordan-esque airtime is, is pretty good. Well, A, he got a ride on a really big bloke, yeah. and then the guy gave him the little push. The, the little, little push. Yeah, I mean, it was like almost like, uh, you know, in uh, Rugby Union, yeah. uh, they have the line-outs, and they, like, you know, people will you know, lift the other guys up. He essentially did a version of that. Like, lifted him up, gave him that little push on his shoulders, so he went off it. Yeah. But then he's just balanced to take it. You know what I loved? is like, a, sometimes a lot of those mark of the years, they by, they're half marks. Yeah. You know, they're good enough, they got high enough, and they stuck it for long enough, but they lose it on the way down, yeah. or, or whatever happens. He landed and played on. Yeah. Like, they didn't have time to celebrate how good the mark was yeah. because he essentially just landed on his feet like a cat, cat. Yeah. and then just sprung up and kept playing the game. And that's what I actually think is amazing about it because he does that. Like, they play, I mean, obviously, it's been a great excuse this week for them to bring out a lot of his other marks. Mm. And, geez, he takes a lot of good marks. But he has to be the most consistent, the yeah. most reliable, like, First, I reckon he's it seemed to be in the modern generation like, of the people I've seen. He's like the Andrew most Walker. Andrew Walker was a Tony Modra. was one of those types. Yeah, but those guys, I don't feel like it was as consistent as Jeremy Howe. Like his worst mark would be most players' best mark of all time. The one that have framed in their pool room. Yeah, well, he's had like they did some stat on the TV. He's had like twenty-seven nominations for mark of the week. It's kind of like. <laughs> In some NBA teams, there's a guy who can never get into the starting lineup, but will win the dunk contest all right. the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's Spud Webb. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but it is it was one of those things where you take it for granted, but I defy you to name me another uh, sport where like the individual highlight is as spectacular as the fucking screamer. Oh, I, I have friends in the US who kind of just half follow they have a, mm. a gr- couple of great podcasts the Sklar brothers and uh really funny guys but they love sports as well and uh i've been on their podcast and they they kind of like afl and i send them things if it's interesting as soon as i saw that i'm like well i'm gonna have to send them that this week because that's the sort of stuff that even if you don't follow the game you're like hang on what the fuck just happened <laughs> yeah it's incredible i saw did some... you see the herald sun yeah they had what to they print did? it it was place. like a double page yeah front and back yeah like the whole mark it was like you know Good on you, Harold Sun. It was awesome. But it's funny because I did read some, I guess, like NRL fans or whatever go, yeah, the most spectacular move with absolutely no benefit to your team. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You see, you know what that does to the players around you when you see a guy in your forward line stand on some dude's fucking head? Right. But also, you know, here's the thing. It's a game, but it's a game where the result is important. And at the end of the season is the all-important thing. But it is not a game that we love just because of the result. Yeah. And if it would be, what a terrible game to love. Mm. Like, can you imagine what our experience of football would be if we only loved the game of football based on the, the oh result? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Why like, you've got to find other ways to love it, you know? Like you've, and marking, high marking, yeah, that's, that's one of those ways. It was spectacular. And, I mean, I've just loved that it's meant a week of them celebrating great marks so every time i watch a footy show you've just got to see a highlight reel of like you know speckies from all time what's your favorite mark of all time oh 
I mean, you know the one that I have a great... Uh, I mean, I love that rewatch mark, to be honest. Yeah, that's my number two. But of those, like, you know, really spectacular marks, um, I really love the Silvani mark. Oh, yeah, where he lands on his oh, head. Oh, man. That, to me, just felt like... You know, again, that middle of the game, yeah. sort of, you know, just like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When we were little kids, like, I had a couple, my neighbours were uh, Carlton supporters, and we had that mark on VHS, and we watched it over and over and over again. Like, to me, that was the only mark of the 80s for a long, long time. Even more than Kappa's. I mean, Kappa's marks are amazing. But they're shit by today's standards. Well, but that's the other thing I was going to say is, but they're also all free kicks. Yeah, completely illegal. <laughs> they're all free kicks. Like, if they did that thing, you know, like sometimes with drug cheats, they go back through the history books and they take out their records. Yeah. Warwick Kappa never took a mark. Warwick Kappa took the kind of mark that when you were kicking on the oval with your mates, right. like your fucking dickhead mate would literally climb all over your back, hang over your neck like a cat, and then like grab it with one arm as you hit the deck. Warwick Kappa... Marked like a guy in the park where kids younger than him <laughs> are having kick to kick, yeah. and he's got like a can in one hand, yes. and he puts down the can, <laughs> and he does not put down his cigarette in the other one, and then he takes a hanger on him in his jeans, in a pair of tight jeans. That's that's how he marked. Um, all right, let's move on to next week's games. You're on fire oh, with the analogies today, I've got to say. Can I just say um, on this game, because there was, there's been a bit of fallout around. So Fasolo kicked a couple of goals, oh, quite yeah. okay, which was great. Um, obviously, uh, Robbo. Uh, oh, no, know. I don't know about this. You need to catch so, me up. Well, out. Robbo gave, we know the tweet. Yeah. We know previously in Robbo, Robbo and Fass. Uh, Fass announced that um, he was uh, having some problems with... Did he say depression? I think it was clinical depression. Clinical depression. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that he was getting some treatment for it. But, but you know, a couple of days later, he was back training and stuff. And we talked about this last week. And Robbo, you know, sent his tweet. And, and then it felt like it had all kind of gone away. But then this happened. So uh, Robbo uh, has sent a sort of an apology letter to Alex Fasolo. And in that letter has asked Alex Fasolo if he'd do an interview, you know, with Robbo uh, to sort of, you know, like talk about it and, you know, whatever. And people have reacted pretty badly to that because, well, A, he'd been asked not to... Well, I'll run you through that bit. So according to Eddie McGuire, uh, Eddie had um, asked Robbo. Robbo contacted him and Eddie had said, please don't contact Alex because Eddie had talked to the club psychologist or whoever, and it got medical advice. So he said to Robbo, on medical advice, we prefer you don't contact Alex, right? And then, so Robbo writes Alex this, like, you know, kind of apology letter, and in it asks for an interview. And people got mad, right? Nathan Buckley got mad, people around the club got mad, because they're like, well, A, you weren't meant to contact him, and B, then to have the nerve to someone who's just admitted that they're going through some stuff to go, hey, could you do this big thing on the public record with some dickhead who doesn't understand it in any way he's probably not the best like it's like a guy's out with if we treat mental illness like any other illness it's like you heard a guy's done his hammy and you go do you want to come around for kick to kick no no let me just put my beer down yeah. <laughs> I'll get my cigarette and I'll just fly over here <laughs> so uh, Eddie's gone on his radio show and he's had a bit of a bake on Robbo about this you know, yeah. you, you know, because it's out in the news and Buckley had a go at it as well and I happened to be there because I filled in for Mick Malloy on his RDO the other day. And so I was in the studio when this happened. Uh, so then he kind of called out Robbo for this thing. And so then Robbo 
last night on AFL 360 had to respond to Eddie calling him out. And they did that thing where they like, you know, play the moment. So Jared's like, we're going to, I'm going to ask you some questions about this. Yeah. And they play Eddie's comments. And the funny thing was, I was there in the studio when it was happening and I didn't quite realize it was going to become this like big news story because yeah. he's just kind of telling this story and whatever. And then they like suddenly they do that thing though where they just have the audio but they have the name up and they do that little pretend audio like yeah, 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 the squiggle the little squiggle at the top that's yeah. like like this is on radio yeah. and I'm like oh my god I was there when this thing that I'm watching on TV was happening it didn't feel this big at the time <laughs> yeah you're the guy at the Olympics when the two guys hold up the black gloves yeah, yeah I'm the Aussie guy is like oh yep I agree <laughs> I agree with that yeah. I was there. And Das is asking him questions about it, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I hope I didn't make some really inappropriate joke. So then I realized the joke I did make at the end was, and because I was trying to lighten the moment after it had been this, and that's kind of my job. Yeah. And I said, but the weirdest thing about the message uh, that he sent was at the end, he said, and do you remember how hot it was when Aaron Phillips kissed her wife? <laughs> right? <laughs> and I was like, that's good. That's a good joke. That gets us out of that moment, right? But then I realized to put this like thing together, that would have been the next... They, they didn't play that, but that would have been the next thing that was said. Yeah. So there would have been like an editor who would have had two versions at the start oh of going, God. do we leave it there or do we go to the the joke about how... Hey, remember when Robbo was horrible another time? Um, so anyway, Robbo then goes on They this, cut it though, right? Oh, they cut that. Yeah, so God. that wasn't on AFL 360. <laughs> yeah, great. No. So, so last night on AFL 360, Robbo took 10 minutes to make one of the most... Like, so firstly, he kind of told this story of being contacted by the AFL Players Association who said that, um, you know, that he, he wanted an apology, that Fasolo wanted an, a written apology, and that's why he wrote to him in the first place. But, well, even if someone wants a written apology, don't then contact it. When you've been told that contact with you is not what he needs, don't then ask for an interview. Mm. But anyway, he couldn't get his head around that, and he did a lot of... Uh, you ever see when somebody does that thing where they're going... I don't care if people have pot shots at me. And you're like, fuck, you care a lot about how people are having pot shots at you because like a person who did not care about how much people are having pot shots, like you do that thing about and people are going to have a go at me. And, you know, that's all right. It's not all right, is it, Robbo? You've been you don't talking think for 10 right minutes, at Robbo. All, at all. Yeah. How was, was Jared with him? What, well, what was Jared's play? Well, you know that moment where, because if you watch that show, I think like the thing that you could see in Jared's eyes was like, fuck, I wish it wasn't Robbo here. I wish it was the puppet. Because <laughs> they are the odd couple and that's why the show works, right? You know, you know, like you know, Jared is professional. the professional who <laughs> knows things about football and, and then there's Robbo. <laughs> Robbo is your uncle. Robbo. Who needs a place to crash for a few your weeks. drunk uncle who you won't leave alone with your daughter now she's 16. Like, he is a train wreck. And I think that this moment where he fucked up, like a lot of people who've been waiting to like with, you know, waiting for this moment. Right. Like you've seen him pile on. Paddy Dangerfield piled in, but then the rest of the media kicked him around because people, I think, have grudges against Robbo. Yeah. And so I do, there is, I do have some sympathy for him because that mob mentality. Eddie must have loved just an opportunity to pot someone else in the media for once where it's not him being discussed. Well, it's one of those things where I think initially when they first spoke that Eddie was sympathetic to Robbo, you know, along those lines of going... I've been there before. Yeah, and if you've genuinely been misinterpreted and you're apologetic, then everything... So I think after the good moment, when the second moment comes, 
you go a little lot in, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. add the mayo from the first time. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm just gonna add how angry I should have been the first time to this second time. So, do you think this will go on? Do you think this is done? Well, that I, I, I would love to see what happens after here because I think it's been really tough for, like, I mean, Robbo's brand, I think, is. Like, people are really using this as an opportunity to go hard after Robbo. Like, all the stories around it are coming out. Like, the fact that Nathan Buckley doesn't do AFL 360 anymore because Mm. his, like, you know, relationship with Robbo got so bad. Right. Yeah, it's been... You never hear stories like that about Mike Sheen, do you? No. (laughs) I mean, this is the thing. We talked about it last week. But it's like your, you know, your daughter was married to someone really lovely for, like, 50 years and you couldn't ask for, like, a better, more reliable, more honest partner who'd never cheat on you. And then they uh, died, and now she's with a biker. He's making meth in your house that your old husband built. And taking screamers over your nephew in yeah, the backyard. his jeans. Oh, my bitch. Won't even put his smoke down. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move on to this week's games. Uh, tomorrow night, hopefully this uh, goes up in time, like hell, the clock is ticking. West Coast, the West Coast Eagles take on the Cats at uh, the main stadium. Hmm, interesting game. This one. I don't think JJ's back. Uh, they said that it might be a possibility to be back this week, but probably not. It's a probably not, we're going to say. I'm going to pick the Cats in this game just because I feel like uh, West Coast are no good. (laughs) Charlie, it's hard to argue. Uh, uh, Look, I think... I don't know. It's really hard, isn't it? I think the Cats. Yeah, I think the Cats as well. Well, I think the Cats are good. I actually, I, I'm not going to say that West Coast are no good because I think the West Coast could still play finals. Yeah. But I think the Cats are no good. If West Coast managed to beat the Cats, then that's a really good, really good result for West Coast. Yeah. Is that the Cattery, right? No, it in no, Western no, to win WA. I reckon the Eagles could win, but I just feel like the Cats have more to play for. Currently. I mean, the Cats are not. I mean, the Cats have been great, you know. And they won in Geelong, and, but they no, they won in Perth earlier this year. They beat Frio. Mm. Okay. How, they're coming off the bye, both those teams. Who knows? Who knows? I reckon the Cats, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles get up. Uh, Friday night, big game for these two clubs. Uh, North Melbourne take on St Kilda at Eddie Hat, North Melbourne home game. Both need to win this game to stay relevant. Fuck, man. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'd love to tip us, but I feel like this could go either way. If we bring the same effort we've brought the last three weeks, we'll get smashed by 10 goals. <sighs> Who are you picking? Well, I'm always going to pick the Saints because I'm a fucking idiot. I'm going to pick the Saints as well. Don't, because we'll lose. <laughs> pick the pick North Melbourne so one of us can be happy. No, no I think All the right. Saints are going to win this one. I think the Saints are better than North Melbourne, and uh, that is my luck of the week. All right. Well, it worked last week. Hopefully it can work again this week. Uh, Richmond take on Sydney at the MCG, 145 on Saturday. This could be a really good game. Richmond coming off the bye. Sydney strutting around after a win. Does the heavy ground at the SCG last week play any part in this game? It's going to be a really interesting game, isn't it? I mean, we're going to find out some stuff about Richmond. Richmond, you could make an argument right now, uh, could be considered with GWS and uh, Adelaide as almost equal favourites, just on the way they've played so far. If you look at their results now that you have that more positive spin on those three losses, Mm. they could really be dominating this competition and they've brought to the table a really consistent and exciting brand of football. And it feels like there's something special in the air for Richmond. But coming off the bye and losing that to, to Sydney. I mean, is there more in the Sydney story? Because for Sydney I think to, so. For Sydney to keep going, they have to win a couple of these games. They're going right? to have a grand final every week, you might say. Yeah. Uh, fuck, I don't know. This is a really tough game. 
I feel like I've I've lost touch with Richmond where they're at. I know they had a couple of good wins before the bye, but Sydney looked real, real good last week. I thought they got their edge back. Uh, and they play at the MCG pretty well, but it's Richmond. Fuck, I don't know. Who are you going for? I'm going to say the Tigers. The Tigers. To keep the streak going. Richmond. I'm going to say the Swans. Okay. On Saturday night at Adelaide Oval, Port Adelaide on the rebound against Brisbane Lions. Now, this seems like... Well, if Brisbane can bring to the table what they brought to the table last weekend... Port will have a point to prove. One huge last week, lost this week. They'll need to bash up the Lions. They'll need to do it. I'm going to pick Port Adelaide in this game. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Saturday night, uh, up on the Gold Coast, the Suns take on Carlton... Hmm, that's a good oh, game. That is a good game of football. Fuck, wow. who's picking that game? Well, I'm going to say the Suns. I think the Suns at home are a pretty good team, and they need to win this one to keep in touch with the finals. But, I mean, and Carlton maybe had their, you know, I don't know if Carlton have a game that they consistently can bring to the table. No, you think winning. they'll push them regardless, well, I think right? I think it'll be a really good oh, game. We should also make a point of um, Liam saying Liam Jones. The doggies ruined letting that one go. I mean, we we actually, to be honest, could do with a handy backman at the moment. <laughs> Can we get him back? Can we have a mid-season draft? Sorry, we didn't realise. It, it's like you've in your home, you've had some piece of equipment and you've been using it wrong yeah, yeah. the whole and way. And you gave it to your neighbour. Yeah. And then, and then you're like, oh, it's the other way around? <laughs> yeah. And that switched to, uh, you know what, that does make a lot more sense now. Well, if Brendan Bolton does get coach of the year... The reason will be because you turned Liam Jones into a good player. Well, you know what it's like. Have you used the plug? Oh, you would have. The what? plug in my sink in, in LA. Uh, yeah, the one that you push right. button. No. So, so there's a plug in the sink yeah. and it's like got a weird... So like one end looks like it should go in. At, it, it's, anyway, looks like it's, a butt plug? Yeah, it's like a butt yeah, plug. Yeah, that's a plug <laughs> for your sink. That's yeah. a really good way to put it. It looks like a butt plug. Right? Yeah, right. And I don't know this plug. I was inserting the butt plug... <laughs> The wrong way because it looked like it should have gone the other way, but then I could never get it out, and I was like, "This is a really bad design plug." And then one day, somebody else was at my house, and they put it in the other way, and I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, that does work a lot better." <laughs> Liam Jones, the butt plug of the AFL. Well, do you think that that's what happened to Brendan Bolton? Maybe he was yeah. staying in like somewhere, and it had, they had an unusual plug, and suddenly he had one of those moments. If it was the movie of Liam Jones's life, right? If he goes on to win the Brownlow, there'll be this scene. Where, where, where Brendan, Brendan Bolton's Bolton. staying in this like apartment and he can't work the plug. Yeah, they're just lost to Adelaide. That Adelaide Oval is in his like McCure hotel room. Right. He said, I'm going to have a bath in the sink because I'm tiny. <laughs> and <laughs> Like Stuart Little. <laughs> Drive my little cars. <laughs> his favourite movie is Stuart Little, but he calls it Stuart Normal. <laughs> Stuart Normal. Uh, I will pick the Suns as well in that game, but uh, Carlton will give it a good crack. Uh, on Sunday, the Bulldogs and Melbourne, uh, and probably what you'd think would be match of the round, unless the Bulldogs play like they did last week. Uh, yeah, well, the Bulldogs are going to win this, but Melbourne could definitely Maxi win Gorn, it. chance to come back? Nah, I reckon he'll have another week out. Yeah, is that like you thought Mitch Wallace was going to take a little little while to get going? Yeah, he's actually, Max Gorn is actually having another week out with Mitch Wallace's leg. <laughs> Oh, we should talk about, um, we're both big fans of Maxi Gorn. Did you hear about... I do love Maxi Gorn. Uh, did you hear about what happened? Um, that he, was a, he was talking somewhere and yep. a little girl put up her hand and asked him if he'd ever been teased. And he was yep. sort of caught off guard a bit, but sort of talked about growing up and being a bit gangly and a bit different looking, that yeah, he got teased. And then he went back to the club 
and found this girl's details or her parents' details, got in touch and said, you know, I'd like to, um, you know, send her some stuff, I guess, like, you know, beanie and stuff from the club. Yeah. And then turns out the girl's going to be running out with them on Saturday. Now, on Sunday. And I thought, that's interesting because you're a guy who's talked a lot about being teased <laughs> on this show before. Like, do we just need Maxi Gorn to send you a care package? Well, actually, Charlie, or I for had, you to run out with the team. I, I had <laughs> asked that girl to ask that question on my behalf. Yeah. Because I could not make the, the press conference. Yeah. I actually hired a small girl. In fact, I'm running out with Maxi Gorn. You're shuffling out. Yeah, dressed as a little girl. I was the person who wrote that question. Uh, and that's the final game of the round. Uh, pff, mate, I want to tip your boys. I, I do. Melbourne looked good, though, didn't they? Petrarca. I told, uh, you know who I, uh, you know who's fantastic? I watched him on one of the footy shows like on uh, on the couch. Uh, Jack Viney. Oh, is he? Ah, I mate. I heard him talk. He, yeah, well, you know, he's a real straight up and down, oh, right, right. to the point, sort of like, you know, but got a good dry sense of humour. He'd be one of those guys where you're like, oh, yeah, you can fly this plane. You wouldn't care if he had ever flown a plane before. You'd be like, you'll, you'll work it out. You'll, you'll know what... Yeah, he's uh, impressive, and I talked to Kristen Petrarca on the radio the other morning. Oh, uh, did you? He sounds... Confident? Like a Lucian. Oh, really? Like, in a fun way. He right. seems like... I mean, he's got enough confidence, it's fair to say. <laughs> um, but the thing that I was going to say was, uh, how did they celebrate their win uh, on Monday night? So, he and Jack Viney actually did something together right. with their girlfriends or their partners or something like that, I think. But they all did something together to celebrate, so... Petrarca, best on ground, won the Neil Danaher medal on Queen's birthday, right? This guy who thinks that at some stage he'll be a, you know, Hall of Famer. Yep. And he probably will be. Yep. <laughs> He's going pretty well at the moment. Uh, what did they do to celebrate afterwards? Uh, they went to TGIFs. I mean, you're not far away. Oh, really? McDonald's. Well, you're in the right sort of, no. <laughs> no don't think Sizzler. food so much. Oh, okay. uh, something you can eat food at, but... Um, they went bowling? No. Not physical. Oh. Sitting down. They went to the movies. Okay. <laughs> they went to the movies. What movies? Well, the... How is that? Sorry. How is that similar to TGIF? Well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> exactly. You misled me. Okay. Sorry. I may have been a bit misled. <laughs> All right. They went to the movies. Yeah. What did they see? Um, Wonder Woman. No. Um, Alien Covenant. No. Uh, Rocky. No. Three. Yeah. Um... Rocky's three. I'm just putting it on for them. <laughs> um, fuck. It's currently out? You're currently out. Uh, like the Lego Batman movie. Well, no. It's Close. A, it's a remake of some kind. Oh, fuck, just tell me. Baywatch. <laughs> oh, my God. Why are you telling me this? Like, I care. Don't you find that interesting? No. The two players, like, he celebrated. He won the medal, and they went and watched Baywatch. Yeah, they're professionals. Isn't that interesting? That, well, you thought he would would have gone out to Redheads or something. Well, I don't know. Going yeah. to the underground. Exactly, right? Mate, they're pros now. They can't be seen doing that shit. If you're gonna go out, they go to they go to someone's house. When you just years. go home, then like, why are you going to the movies? Isn't that weird? You've just done something really cool, and then, and then you're then just you're really passive. Watch. Then you're just like at the movies. Yeah, it is a bit weird. I guess we're, I, I see what you mean. There's no celebration. Well, maybe that's a good sign for Melbourne. They're keeping right. a lid on it. They're 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 best on ground players because it's going to go see Baywatch. Or maybe that was their version of like they celebrate by uh, instead of going down to the bay Watching and standing really... in it, they just watch other people stand in the ocean. They're just like part of their recovery is you've got to watch a really mediocre comedy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't laugh too hard. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, let's uh, finish up there. We have a website, um, tofop.com, T-O-F-O-P.com, where you can find this and other great podcasts. Um, we do another one called Tofop, which stands for 30 Odd Foot of Pod, which was funny at the time when we came up with the name, but has since become uh, painful when I have to explain it to people. Uh, constantly. Constantly. Constantly have to explain it to people. It was a terrible... I imagine the Doug Anthony All-Stars had the same problem. I mean, it was a terrible business decision for us. We're trying to get a little thing going, really, again, like we learnt nothing when we named this podcast. So, like, really, we make a lot of bad decisions. Thanks for encouraging us. You can find us at uh, Two Guys One Cup on Twitter, Two Guys One Cup on Facebook. We have a Patreon page, which is Patreon forward slash Tofop, where if you want to help us out by chucking a few dollars our way, uh, that'd be great. We use the money to put into our war chest. So we can lure a good podcaster over. Exactly, that's what we're going to do. We're going to get we're going to get a couple of draft choices uh, as well because we had a bad year podcasting <laughs> last year. So, uh, and that's about it. So I say play on not fifteen. The bowl. We are two guys, one car.